Blog Talk Radio. this morning from Houston, Texas at 8 o'clock a.m. Central Time. I want to remind you to register for Blog Talk Radio. It's free. And if you do, you can rate my show, mark it as a favorite, or get reminders of upcoming shows. The call-in number is 347-945-5309. You can telephone in and listen to the show. Um, You can call in using Skype if you don't want to use your phone. After you call, if you want to talk to us online on the radio show, press the 1. That's like raising your hand in class. In the second half of the show, we'll begin taking questions. Also, I want you to know that I offer a free email newsletter about metaphysics and spirituality. Uh, about the coming changes and all the kinds of things that we talk about here on this show. I've been sending this newsletter out for 11 years. To sign up for that, you go to hotpinklotus.com. I don't share your email address ever. Your privacy is important. We have a really good show for you today. Our guest is my old friend Marvina Meek, whose nickname is the Ghost Queen. She's also a shaman, a Reiki master, and much more. If you want to learn more about her, her website is Marvina, M-A-R-V-E-E-N-A.com. Today we're going to talk about the mediumistic work that she does, and I'm going to see now. She's on the line. Hi, Lois. Is that you? I'm here. Cool. Good morning. How are you Good doing? Morning. I'm great. How are you this morning? I'm doing just fine. You know, I want to tell everybody about the t- what the day I met you. Okay. Okay to start that way? All right. I went to a friend's shop, a metaphysical shop, just off the cuff. I had no plans to do it. Um, it was a Sunday. When I got there, my friend who owned the shop said, oh, you've got to do the spirit circle. It is so exciting. So... There was no way anybody, including me, knew I was going. So I go into the spirit circle. Marvina has this incredibly beautiful invocation that she does to create a safe space to start speaking with spirits who's passed over to the other side. And then she began asking, well, does anyone know, have someone among the living or on the other side whose name is Frank? And she went on and did this for several people and Finally, she came to someone named George, and when no one spoke up, I said, well, I had a step-grandfather named George, and it went from that to five different family members, one right after the other. Came to one to my grandmother, who had died just two years earlier, and she told Marvina to thank me for the healing work that I did on her before she died. Now, I never told any living soul that I had done a long-distance healing session on my grandmother. So this made a total believer uh, in the process out of me, so it was pretty exciting of an experience. So, Marvina, what is mediumship, really? Well, mediumship is where you discern energies that are present that um, of spirits that have passed over. And sometimes uh, a medium will receive those images through clairvoyance, where they will see uh, spirits, or sometimes they may hear their name or hear something about them or they may just feel them so those are uh, clairsentience is where you feel spirits clairaudience is where you hear them and then clairvoyance is where you see them so i use a combination of all of those techniques whenever i um, hear messages and what a medium does is takes the information that they receive because a medium is basically a like a radio that's set to receive only. Mm-hmm. So all of the messages that or images or impressions or feelings that I receive, what I do is I just try to relay them as purely as what I can. Okay. And so when did you start doing this? 
the first time that I ever remember seeing a spirit was when I was about 10 years old, and my grandfather had passed away, and I was very close to him. He was just a wonderful man, and I loved him very much. And whenever he came to see me, it was broad daylight. I was on the front porch, and um, he told me that he had um, crossed over and died, and he was so excited about it and so at peace with it and enthusiastic that I couldn't be sad for him because I just I just caught his enthusiasm and I just knew that he was okay, even though um, a part of me was really sad that he wasn't going to be available to us all the time. I knew that he was really looking forward to this transition and and he was ready for it. So that was my very first impression that I remember. And I sort of like, you don't know what to do with things like that. You just kind of think it's natural that everybody does that. Uh, I had another impression that um, I remember really well when I was little. I saw um, a wolf <laughs> with wolf puppies that were under my bed. And, of course, being a little girl, I wanted those puppies. So I I went to find my mom, and I said, Mom, come and help me get these wolf puppies because <laughs> I want to play with them. So, of course, my mom was probably really worried about me as a child. (laughs) But those are my earliest impressions. Mm -hmm. Um, I sort of um, forgot all about that stuff. And when I was 21 years old, I I was really big into rodeo my whole, like, as a, as a little girl and through my teenage years. And, and when I was 21, I was, um, at a rodeo, and I was a trick rider. And, uh, of course, uh, you had these big, strong horses, and rodeo is a very dangerous game for any participant. And um, I was being called in to the arena for my show. And if you don't know anything about trick riding, it's uh, the rider is, like, hanging on the saddle upside down, and they're standing on it, and jumping on and off, and so you have to have your trick riding saddle, like, really tied, cinched up pretty tight, uh-huh. and um, and basically you have about 15 minutes to do your show before your horse just kind of can't take that anymore and, and just they can't breathe really well anymore. Uh-huh. So it's like you have a short window, And so the announcer was calling my name, and he was playing my music, and he was doing my introduction, and I was trying to get into the arena, and there was a whole bunch of other contestants that were coming out of the arena, and they were blocking my horse, and they they scared my horse, and my horse reared up, and he flipped over backwards, and when that happened, um, you know, I landed... um, I basically I died for a minute, and um, which was, believe it or not, one of the coolest things that has ever happened to me. I mean, I don't really recommend people go out and try to do that, but it was it was an extraordinary experience. I um, the minute that I got out of my body, I knew that I knew where I was. I knew what was going on, and I was excited about it. And it's like I knew my way and that I was going somewhere. <laughs> I was, I had like this little journey. And I was kind of like getting ready to proceed with my journey. And I saw out of the corner of my eye like an image that of someone that kind of took a second look at me like, what's she doing here? And that's actually what I heard is, what is she doing here? And I looked over my shoulder, and I was getting ready to argue with them, like, you're not sending me back, but they didn't give me the choice. 
know, nobody gave me a choice to um, to stay because I would have argued to stay if if I would have had the choice. But I think what they did is, I, and I don't know how, but the my spirit guides and angels and my team just they just kind of like flipped me right back in that body, and uh, of course I was laying on the ground and. And then whenever I was back in the body, you know, all of the pain totally hit me. But while it, what was interesting, Lois, is that while I was out of the body and I turned around as I was leaving and I looked down at myself and I disconnected so quickly with Marvina. It's like, it's like I, and I said to myself, well, she looks really messed up. <laughs> You know, and that was me down there. And just like a second uh-huh. ago, it was, you know, I was I was in that body, and I thought that that was me. But whenever I, I got out, I disassociated so fast. It's amazing to me. And I, I was like, she looks really bad. And, and then I just like turned around and headed off to wherever and – you know, at that time, I, I was thinking about it at that time of my life. You know, everything was just fine and dandy, and I had everything to live for. You know, I had I was having a lot of fun. I was a rodeo cowgirl. I was traveling all over the United States and had these wonderful opportunities to perform and trick ride and trick rope in places like the Boston Gardens and you know, big rodeo arenas, and, you know, I had everything going for me, and I, I was wondering, well, why would I just, like, turn my back on that and, and be excited to be gone, and I still don't know why, but but it was just, to me, it was so much more of a natural place than what the mm-hmm. physical experience was, even though I was having a very good physical experience. So anyhow, I, um, after I was sort of... Um, put back into the physical body um i just <laughs> i was laying there and my like my left toe was like pointing into my left ear and i was totally wrecked out and um whenever and broken um, bones yes i had um you know ribs i had a, a broken tibia and fibia and broken ribs and just um a bruised tailbone, which was amazing. Actually, I don't know if you've ever seen a trick riding saddle, but they have the like the really tall saddle horn, and it's it's real. It's like you know maybe an inch diameter, but it's about six inches tall, so wow. you can hold grip onto it while you're doing different uh, tricks. Uh-huh. So anyhow, it um, when the horse flipped over on me, the saddle horn actually saved my life because it 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 just kind of landed right beside my waistline and it kept all of the weight of the horse from crushing me mm-hmm. but it you know there was just like this little bitty pocket down there when he um when he slammed into the ground and and I just kind of fit in there but whenever he rolled over to get up that's he rolled to his left and that's whenever he broke my leg in a couple of places. But Horses it was heavy. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was like 1,100 pounds. Whoa. Yes, he was very heavy. And at the time, I was like 105 pounds, mm-hmm. if that. And so anyhow, um, while I was in the hospital is the first time that I started um, getting impressions and um uh, and of course, I was under really heavy medication, so you can't really discern if it's like what is natural and normal and what isn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my mom, she sat with me the whole time I was in the hospital, or just about the whole time. And I, I just started um, knowing things that I didn't really have any good reason to know. For instance, if you know, I'd be laying there and I was on the third floor of the hospital and I would hear the elevator um, bell ring and I would say, Mom, there's Uncle Leroy. He's coming to see us. And 
you know, my mom was like looking at me like, good Lord, what kind of drugs do they have her on? (laughs) And then, uh, you know, a minute later, in would walk Uncle Leroy. And uh, and then a while later, it would ring, and I would say, Mom, here's the doctor's coming, and or Dad and and one of my sisters are coming up, and sure enough, they'd come around the corner. And uh, so that went on for a while, and one of the uh, the first times I feel like um, Spirit gave me a message that I thought was useful is I started having visions of fire in the hospital, that the hospital is going to catch on fire. And I was in traction. So, I mean, I have, my leg is like hanging from the ceiling, Uh and I have this cast that's on it, and the cast is very heavy. I mean, it goes all the way up to my, you know, the top of my leg, and it's really heavy. Uh And whenever um, they changed my my sheets in the morning or took me to uh, physical therapy, it took like four guys to move me, uh, wow. you know, those little, what do you call the... Orderlies? Orderlies, right. It took four of them. It took two of them just to hold my leg because you have to hold... It's like yeah. you have to do everything really Don't drop slow. drop it again. Oh, I know. And would it hurt? Well, when you've got a broken bone, it's like, especially those big of bones, that everything just puts you into you know, screaming pain, Mm -hmm. but it took four guys to move me, and I started having these visions that the hospital is going to catch on fire, and my my rational mind is thinking, they're not going to send four guys just to save me, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, uh, I'll be lucky to get one guy, and he won't be able to get, because they had to take me out of traction, and then, and it wasn't easy to move me at all. And I got to tell you, I feel really bad about it now, but when you're in a lot of pain, you're not real nice. <laughs> or I wasn't. No, I, I think most people are not nice when they're in horrible pain. Well, I was grouchy. <laughs> and I was mad, too, because here I'm 21 years old, and one day it's like you're 21 and you're healthy and you've got everything to look forward to and Life is just like right in the palm of your hand. And then the next day, you're like hanging from the ceiling in traction. And it it was such a paradox, you know, from being on top of the world to be like laying in a hospital bed. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. So I was grouchy. And I, and I just, another part of me was thinking while I was having these visions is that I'm so grouchy, nobody's going to like me enough to come and save me. <laughs> So I was having all these terrible um, visions of fire, and and this is about three or four weeks into my hospital stay, and and I was getting better, but I still wasn't ready to uh, be released. And I started talking to my dad and telling him um, that I said, "Hey, Dad, you know what? I, this bone can get well at home just as easy as it can here in the hospital." And I, I finally, I talked my parents into releasing me and getting me out of the hospital. And um, sure enough, about three days after I got out of the hospital, I was, uh, the host- that floor had a fire oh of the hospital. God. And uh, so that was like a confirmation to me. Yeah. That, and by this time, they were weaning me off of the drugs. So I was cognizant of it more, and and so that was... And you couldn't blame it on the drugs anymore. Uh-uh. No, because they actually, they start weaning you off like, you know, two weeks into it at least, mm-hmm. or for me they did. Yeah. But, yeah, I couldn't blame it on the... Well, I mean, I didn't blame it on the drugs to begin with because I didn't know <laughs> any different, mm-hmm. but... But, yeah, it was, um, so that was my first time that, oh, I had a, like, a serious premonition about something, and it played out, and and it was real. And so that was, that was like the first time that I really said, okay, there's something different going on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, after that, 
did you have um did you begin doing did you tell people these things? I mean, did you start doing readings then, or did you ease into it? Or No, I didn't do a thing about it. I was all about rodeo. I was a, a cowgirl, trick rider, trick roper. You That's all I wanted to do. Even after that, I, I told... Um, wow. Yeah, I, I didn't tell I didn't tell people because it was just so out of the box, and I didn't tell anybody about what I saw, my visions, mm-hmm. whenever um, I actually had the accident. And to me, it was just something that was very, very private and special. And and I just, um, the kind of the world and the people that I was around didn't put much appreciation in things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think I had even heard the word medium at that time. Like, I didn't even know what a medium was. So what year was this? To put it in context, what year was this? This was, uh, I was 21. It was, like, in the 80s. Yeah. So it was... uh, People were not very much talking about that kind of thing in the 80s. No, but I had never heard it. And so um, I didn't... um, it took quite a while. I was um, after I quit rodeoing, and then um, I still wanted. I still trick roped, but I I didn't trick ride anymore. But I still roped, and then I started doing uh, stand up comedy, and uh, and I just had a blast with that. That was um, it was. I love to entertain, so and I I did my little cowgirl roping routine in in my comedy show, like a little bit of that. So I, I mixed both of them in, and oh, cool. am I? Yeah, it was fun, and it was kind of a of a. Nobody uh, else does that, Marvina. <laughs> well, it was Will Rogers in a miniskirt. <laughs> so you know, it was it was fun, and I. Uh, I was an opening act for like three or four years, which <laughs> is not really good. But I finally made it up to being a feature act. So I, I don't know if you've been to a comedy show, but they usually do three comedians. And so they'll do their opening act that does like 10 or 15 minutes. And then they'll do their feature act, which does anywhere from 20 minutes to 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. of time or of jokes and then they'll do their headliner which usually does an hour or an hour and a half and so I was a, a feature act for I was an opening act for like three or four years and then I was a feature act for about three years and when I started being a, a feature act I went from doing like 10 minutes of time to 30 to 35 minutes of time which for me, that was like 110 to 15 jokes. Uh-huh. So that's a huge amount of material yeah. to remember. Uh-huh. So um, I lived in Dallas, and uh, I lived right by the, the Lakewood Library in Dallas. And so I would go over to the library, and I was looking for books that would help me to uh, learn how to memorize things better because I, I just had all of this information to memorize. And uh, anyhow, I the books on um, that have to do with the mind and, and mental ability and memorization and things like that were right next to the New Age books. Oh, wow. So um, I would just, and I'm a big reader, and when I go to the library, I come out with as much as I can carry. I mean, every time. I don't I ever that. go to the library and get, like, one book. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I come out and I've got an armful, and that's how I determine how many I get, how many I can carry out. And so I was, the Lakewood Library is very small. Mm-hmm. So I went through the, you know, the first group pretty quick, and right next to them were all of the, the New Age books. And so I started, like, picking those off. And I didn't realize that they were different, like it was a different group. I was just looking at titles, looking at things that looked interesting, and basically going by instinct. And so I started dragging them home, and 
and reading them. And, of course, it was an eye-opener. So I was like, wow, what is all this about? And and I finally came across books that were talking about um, uh, clairvoyance and clairaudience and, and having uh, premonitions and, and psychic ability and things like that. And I thought, you know, I, I've had premonitions like that or I've had situations like that. And so it that was the beginning of my actual education. Wow. So when you when you see spirits, is it just all of the time or is it just when you're doing your spirit circle or how does that work? Well, for the most part, I see spirits whenever I set the intention to do so. So if you were going to come in and and do a private reading with me uh this morning, I would just I would just have my intentions that my guides and my teachers, my angels that they assist me to be in a a place where I can discern what's important to you, your the people, the souls, the spirits that are around you whenever you come in. So, so you're, and if they, you're walking through Walmart, you don't see anything. Not ordinarily. Okay. I don't. Uh, although I've had, I've had different little things that happen with in the grocery store, just wherever and whenever. But not, not ordinarily. I pretty much I I set really strong boundaries around myself, and I I talk about that in in my apprenticeship classes to for my students to really be um, clear about setting your boundaries and saying, okay, this time is is dedicated for this, and whenever I I have someone to do a discernment for, then, then that time I'm willing to kind of open up and receive images on other levels, on other astral planes. And I have, like... If if it's kind of like an emergency or or if there's a really need for someone like in Walmart that maybe they're just going through a huge amount of grief or they they need a little inspiration or something then then they might show me a a spirit there and and I I don't like to do that I really like for people to come to me and say Marvina would you please do a reading I I usually don't volunteer mm-hmm. stuff yeah although I have but you never I, I know how it's going to be received yeah and it's like if if somebody is saying I'm ready to me that means that's kind of like it's a permission and it it tells me that they're in a good place to um, to take it to a higher level and they're ready for whatever I bring to them and you never know how exactly how it's going to be received because I, I gave messages voluntarily one day well my veterinary was out and um, he was actually stitching up a mare one of my horses got into the wire and I, I just started channeling and um I don't know why. I normally never do anything like that, but I I just started channeling, and the poor guy just about passed out because <laughs> he just he was so not ready for that. But um, it's not really funny, is it? But well, his um, his grandmother came in, and what had happened is his his dad had died when he was really young, and. And it was a traumatic deal, and um, I mean, he needed he needed to know that that his his father's spirit was still around him, and mm-hmm. and he, I think he needed to be recognized for what he had accomplished. But um, it turned out good, but um, it really <laughs> it kind of shakes people up. Normally, I, I like people to to ask me when. Yeah. And tell me they're ready, and and that's kind of like my cue for my guides to say, okay, they're ready, she's ready, let's open the curtains. So, when you um, when you see spirits, do you ever see the dark kind? I know people are wondering that. That is actually one of my specialties is um, is removing the dark kind. 
I didn't know you did that. Yes, I've been doing clearings for quite a while, and um, you know, that, it's funny. So many people don't put that on their website. Well, um, mine is under soul clearing and under house clearing, oh. and yes, it's well. This whole dimension is about polarity, yes. and for all of the the good angels, there's there's an equal and opposite dark spirit, and so. Um, that Do you feel is like one... we're clearing those off the planet now, though, preparing for the next stage? Well, I'm certainly doing my best to. <laughs> I mean, is that a direction you feel we're going, that we're that the, the earth plane is being purged of the astral entities? Well, I feel like um, people are, are looking for the light and they're looking for their shining and and they're definitely engaging with with the dark and trying to get perspective on it and, and purging it. Um, mm-hmm. as we've, all got, um, we've all got our issues and we've all got our things that we, we have to um, work on before we can really bring the, the shining, our, our soul's true potential out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree with you. We're headed that way. Okay. So do you also stumble across earthbound spirits and do you, do you help them when you do? I do, and um, and that's that's one of the um, the ceremonies that I do in the soul clearing work is um, you know working with uh, escort the third order um, on the spirit planes to help assist them to um, you know getting back in harmony with what's going on and uh, where they are where they need to go and. And helping them also to maybe release whatever attachment it is that's holding them here to this place or maybe do um, intercede on their behalf with, with whatever physical person that that they may have like a, a karmic tie with. Okay. I, I think we need to take a little break. I want to play some music so everybody can get up and get something to drink. Go to the okay. bathroom. We'll take about a four-minute break. Okay? All right. John Seri's music, Gentle the Night from And the Stars Go With You.
Okay. Marvina? I'm here. Cool. So when you do see these dark spirits, is it frightening for you? Sometimes it is a little bit uh, disturbing. Like uh, I usually try to set some really good boundaries before I go to sleep at, at night. And um, so that I don't, nobody like creeps up on me, no spirits come in for a visit, you know, while I'm sleeping. But every once in a while, for whatever reason, my guard is down or my my shields are vulnerable, but I'll have a a dark spirit that will um, attack me or, or come in. And that is startling. That, that startles me and, I don't like that, but um, it happens. <laughs> you know, every once in a while, we just we just let our guard down, and mm-hmm. and um, we kind of open ourselves up to visits. But uh, I usually um, understand what's going on pretty quick, and and regroup, and and just um, call my my guides and my teachers who help me with that kind of work to. Um, and you're talking about spirits when you say your guides and your teachers, right? Right, my spirit guides and my angel guides and my master teachers. So I call them the the there's a group that specifically helps me with the clearing work and and um so I'll do like a little banishing or um or help them to move to the astral plane that's more appropriate for them. Mhm. Okay. So, um what is? Have you ever connected to somebody who's famous, to the spirit of someone who's yes, famous? I have. Really? I really? have several people, but uh, Elvis Presley. Really? Yes, and <laughs> um, and this so he's is definitely how, on the other side. Is that what you're telling us? Yeah, he is. Um, <laughs> I had um, some very dear friends of mine. Uh, actually, they weren't friends. I didn't know them at the time, but they came to one of my circles, kind of out of the blue, and. And uh, it's funny, one of them, actually, they both do this kind of work now. But before they came in, um, they made um, a little joke, and they said, well, I'm going to invite Elvis Presley, and if he comes in, then we'll know that she's the real deal. So I did the whole they circle. They said that without telling you, though, right? Oh, yeah, they didn't tell oh, me a thing. Believe funny. me, they're they're both big-time um you know, show me kind of people. So at the very end of the circle, I was just getting ready to close the whole thing. And and out of my mouth comes, um, well, Elvis Presley is here, and he is wanting to tell Steve hello. And here he said that Elvis has now left the building. So he made a little joke, you know, Elvis has left the building. And uh, they about wet their pants. They were so, like, because it was, they were kind of, you know, let down because Elvis hadn't showed up, like, the whole circle, two hours. And then that's the last thing. It's like, oh, by the way, you know, Elvis has left. Uh Uh-oh. Are you there? Yeah. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. They said I was off the host key. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Oh, I don't either. Well, anyhow, um, so that was my first um, encounter with, and and I didn't get anything other than that because um, whenever I close the circle, it's like um, it's like the energy is ready to receive, and then whenever it's no longer ready then it's like um, it doesn't support mediumship anymore. Okay. So I, it's like I won't, uh, it's like everybody's gone, <laughs> you know. Okay. Not quite, but anyhow. Um, the doors so I didn't hear anymore. any more from Elvis in that particular circle. And then a couple of years after that, I was doing a spirit circle at my house, and um, some people came up from um, Shreveport, Louisiana, mm-hmm. and um, it, it's actually it's a brother and a sister, and they're like I want to say 65 to 68, around that age, and um, 
and um there um anyhow i was i was giving messages to them and all of a sudden i saw elvis presley and i said um sherry i just i feel this spirit around you like elvis presley like he's wanting to acknowledge you and she said oh well that's my cousin oh my god that's her cousin Oh, my God. Eventually, he had, I mean, he had to have cousins. He had cousins in Louisiana. And whenever, um, when she was a little girl and her brother, he was there, too, uh, Elvis would, he he did the, the hayride show there for a long time, the Louisiana hayride. And he would go over there and um, he would take them. They were younger kids at the time, and he would take them with him to his shows. <laughs> How cool. But what, that was so shocking to me. I, bet. I You know, I was like, oh, my gosh, I've got Elvis here on the line. <laughs> well, are you open to taking some questions from people who are calling in? Sure, that's fine. Okay. Let's see. Um, area code 209. Let me see. Hello, 209, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Do you have a question? Yes, I um basically I wanted to know if I have anybody like relatives that have passed away have that have been trying to, you know, tell me something in maybe in my dreams or, or you know, stuff like that. Because okay. I've been um dreaming of past relatives. I don't know if they're trying to tell me something. Maybe that I'm making bad choices in my life or, you know that's what I wanted to ask. Okay. Well, whenever I I feel your vibration, I feel a male spirit around, like a father figure or maybe a grandfatherly figure. That um, that's the impression of uh, the energy that I feel is around now. So I don't know if that's the one that's coming in your dreams or not, but that's what I feel around you now is a male impression. Do what? Actually, yes. My father's father is the one I've dreamt of. I mean. Your grandfather. Day after day, yes, my grandfather for a while. I don't know. He's trying to tell me something. Maybe, you know, making some bad decisions in my life. I'm not sure. It seems like he's just trying to support you right now and help you to move through some of the challenges that you've got going on. And uh, it just um, he's a part of your soul family, and he's interested in your journey, and he's just, like, wanting to back you up. Like let you know that that life goes beyond this physical body, and that this this little journey that you're moving through right now it's it's just a part of your soul's evolution, and he wants you to know that all is well, even though it may seem like some sad times or overwhelming or chaotic. It, he's just trying to help assure you that you're not in it by yourself, that you've got. You're the people that love you from both sides. And mm-hmm. um, it's like he's just wanting you to know that there's more out there but that you can pull from. All the time or just, you know. I don't feel like he stays all the time. It's like he just he's just concerned about your state of being right now, that he feels like maybe you're a little fragile and a little bit uh, overwhelmed. So it's like he's just trying yeah. to like keep very up true. with you. He's, mm-hmm. he's just trying to maybe protect you. Um, he loves you very much. He says you're very special. He's showing me a halo like an angel. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you collect angels or if he's calling you his little angel, but that's what I saw. Actually, I, I just started collecting angels. Okay, well, that's his way of just giving you confirmation that he keeps up with you and, and that you're important to him. And I, I see like a little dog, too, like a little fluffy poodle-looking thing. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't have any dogs. Did your granddad have one? or A poodle, no. It's like a little fluffy dog. Mm, no, no, he didn't. Not that well, I remember. I, I see a little spirit like that around, and, and that might be an animal that belonged to another member of the family that might mm-hmm. be around you, so you'll you have to think about who might have had a, a small pup. A, a, a small, fluffy dog. Uh-huh. You, know, you don't know what color or anything like that? It looked to me like um, um, not white, but um, light-colored. 
But I, you know, I'm kind of three, seeing it through the spirit world, so I I'm, I can't be exactly for sure. And then I get a name with a P, like Paul or Paula or a P. Pauline or no, not that I. Okay, we have several other people who have some questions, so I think we're going to move on to the next okay. caller. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to go down to area code 870. And I really appreciate you talking about what you do. I I am starting to get into spirituality, and I, I feel like I'm a sensitive and do a few things myself, so I learn throughout all shows and books and, and everything like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I was wondering uh, if you've seen anybody, I, that was a question I was going to ask, too, if you've seen anybody around me. Um, well, Anna, I feel a mom, a motherly figure around you. Okay, yes. My mother passed away about 12 years ago. So I feel like your mom is the one that is... Um, wanting to connect today and she's just giving you a big hug and just wanting you to know that she's very proud of you and um you know i just see a lot of i feel a lot of sadness and a lot of grieving and i don't know if that's from you or from your mom or about your mom like losing your mom but i just feel a lot of um of like things are weighing heavy it seems like okay I, I I went through a lot of grieving after she passed away. Now things are better. I'm actually doing a lot better, but I went through a rough, very rough time. For sure. Yeah. And she had a white fluffy dog. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I was called. wondering if I was wondering about that Poodle. because I knew it was coming in. I knew it was coming in. So, um, well, also now, uh, is your family Catholic? Do you have some Catholic people in your family? No, they're strictly Baptist. Well, I heard Mary, Mother Mary. So I didn't know if there was some Catholic people around you or if there was a Mary or if it was a mother. Um. No, I'm not. I'm not strictly for sure who my spirit guides are. I know I have some, and I receive messages, and and so I don't know. Uh, I feel like they're female, but I, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of getting started. Yes. Can might, I ask? A, yeah. Go ahead. Well, it uh, might be that Mother Mary is just wanting to let you know that she's available to you to help you with what you've got going on. She she is a very evolved, um, incredible master energy, and she might be able to help you um, uh, kind of move through some of the issues that are you're dealing with right now. Okay, okay. So what okay, we've got other callers who are waiting. We've got several other people, so okay. let's move on to the next one. Okay, call. all right. Okay. Thank, Thank you very you much. Again. Okay, 818 is what we're opening up now. Hi, this is Diane. Thank you for taking my call. Uh-huh. Hi, Diane. I, I so enjoyed your life story. I mean, not enjoyed, wow. It's, it, my mouth was dropped. I thought I had, you know, just a normal life and the struggles, but nothing like what you've been through. It makes <laughs> me feel like my life has been the best, and I really think I've had a good life. <laughs> um, well, I do too, really. That you do, because you chose it, is what I think I believe. We Mm -hmm. choose our own life. Um, May I ask a question about romance and love? I'm just thinking, will I ever have another marriage in my lifetime? Or maybe I've wiped out the two I've had, and that's my goal of not having any more. Well, we're always... um we're always masters of our own destiny and creators of our own journey here. And if you set the intention to create a, a relationship, it's, it's, it's totally possible. And, and I feel probable for you that you're definitely going to move into another relationship. Um, 
but that's that's something for you to determine and then for you to allow also. And then an important thing to remember is to um, get really clear and complete with uh, relationships that are from the past. You know, make sure you've done your forgiveness work and that you're not holding on to any disappointment or pain or, or any baggage from past disappointment and, dis- and other relationships. And that will help you to open up to um, creating new relationships. What great advice, and so on the spot. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Diane. Have a great day. Thanks. Okay. This looks, the next one is, starts with 916. It looks like it's outside the country. Let's see. 916, okay. are you there? Hello? Hello? 916? Hello? Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, it's me. Hi. Oh, uh, yes. Hi. Um, I'm calling from Singapore. Uh huh. And my question is: Is it possible to um, ask the spirits to see whether anyone break into my house while I'm in the house, and while my whole family is not in the house? Uh, you mean like a living person or a spirit? Living person. Oh, uh, that that came into your house while you weren't home, and during when I'm home. Uh, recently, for this past three weeks. Are you uh, asking if there's a spirit in your home? No. Um, I don't know whether is it possible to ask the spirits about um, did anybody break into the house while the whole family is at home or while the whole family is out of the house? I'm not getting anything about that. I feel like a lot of people are coming and going, but... Um, and some of them are spirits. There's definitely some of your ancestors and your guides and spirits that are, like, coming and going and, and um, participating. Um, if that's what you're asking, you definitely – there's some ancestors that are there, too. Okay. Um, my father's side or my mother's side? I feel like on your mother's side uh, are the ones that feel, like, relevant right now. That's the the energetic that I get. That they're just um, that's that's my gut feeling for right now. It's on the mother's side. Why do they come to the house? I mean, why do they come? Yeah. Well, curiosity for one thing, and just wanting to maintain a link, like maintain a, a relationship, and and to they're interested in your journey. You're part of their lineage, uh, their ancestors. They're your ancestors, so they're they're very um, they're very much wanting to maintain a um, a link with you and and um, and see how you're handling the opportunities that you have here on this earth plane. Okay, thank you very much. Uh-huh. Thank you. We've got a couple more callers. Only four minutes left, so we're going to take one more call, and it's area 334. All right. Is that okay with you, Martina? Yes, that's fine. Okay. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I thank you for taking my call. My question is uh, a friend uh, and spiritual um, companion has just transitioned. It, it made me too early to get any results. She just transitioned well, yesterday. Well, I wanted to ask I would is- just like to know what... Um, what will our connection be, if you can tell, um, in as she is entering into the spirit realm? Okay. Well, is um, I'm just getting a name with an A, like an Alice. Is is there someone with an A name that's connected to you or to her? I don't know about as far as connected to her. I couldn't say. Okay, you don't have an Alice or Allison or Al. Well, those aren't those aren't the names that I know her by. In your family, other no, than not her. in my family. Well, I heard a name like Alice. They showed me a book like Alice in Wonderland, and I, I just get something about books. So I don't know if um, did you like to read a lot, or did she like to read a lot? Uh, she was a, a reader, yes. Both well, of us read, but she was definitely a reader. Okay, well that was. I saw like Alice in Wonderland, so I get like a lot of books. So I feel like right now that um, 
she feels like Alice in Wonderland. Like she's there's a lot of curiosity, a lot of exploring, and um, but at, at peace with everything. But I, I get the impression that you will just have like little uh, moments where you'll you'll feel her spirit around, and it's like you'll you'll know that she's there, and it'll be out of the blue. You won't be trying to. You won't be intending to. It's just like it'll just happen, and you'll just you'll feel her like touch your mind is the way I put it. It's like a very delicate little touch that you'll know she's there, and you may it may feel overwhelming to you. You may it's you know like tear up or or have to cry a little bit, but it's okay. That's just her letting you know that she's still there for you. Okay, okay. We're just Thank about you. out of time. So, Marvina, you. Uh, do you want to tell people how to find your blog, which, by the way, is exquisite? I hope you'll turn it into a book. Oh, well, thank you, Lois. <laughs> From you, that's a wonderful compliment because you've well, written you. a lot of books yourself. Um, well, it's um, www.marvina.blogspot.com. Okay. And, uh, I've got several different articles on there, and I love to hear feedback from people. So you can send me an email or um, give me a call. I'd like to hear what people think about uh, the material and my website and everything. And mm-hmm. and um, excuse me. <laughs> okay. So if you want to get in touch with Marvina for a reading, her website is Marvina. Right. All right. Thank you, Lois. It's great talking to you. Great talking to you too. All right. Well, Bye-bye. have a good day. You too. Bye bye. Come talk to us next week. Listen to us next week as I talk with Linda Hill, astrologer and specialist in the Sabian symbols in astrology. Kichunai mo 